your word that you have given your seed that this seed this word falls upon good ground good soil and it will bring forth a mighty harvest for greater are you that's in each one of us than he that's in the world so father I thank you that we open our spiritual ears to listen your word says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God your word says that we're to be doers of the word and not hearers only. So I thank you, Father, that as I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body, that you will teach this word through me, and it will touch each one of our hearts in the way it's to be processed, where we understand it, and when there, where there's change. There will be change in circumstances and situations. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for the word. We're going to learn about taming our tongue this morning. So let's go ahead and turn to James chapter 3, verse 8. Trust you, trust me, you can know that I was put in a position this week where I had to allow the Spirit of God to completely take over in behalf of myself and every one of you. And I thank God for the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit that helps us not to operate and get into the flesh. Amen. Okay. <laughs> James 3, verse 8. But the human tongue can be tamed by no man. It is a restless, undisciplined, irreconcilable evil full of deadly poison. Many times we will find that that poison is aimed at us and what we do with it and how we react to it can change our lives for the good or the bad. Amen? And in Hebrews 4.1, I'd like to read a little bit of this. Let us therefore fear, being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. In the Amplified, it says, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still holds and is offered today, 
Let us be, be afraid to distrust it, lest any of you should think he, think he has come too late and ha has come short of teaching it or reaching it. Verse 3, for we who have believed, adhered to, and trusted in, and relied on God do enter that rest in accordance with his declaration that those who did not believe should not enter when he said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And this he said, although his works have been completed and prepared are waiting for all who would believe from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. We are fully responsible for every word we speak. We are, each one of us personally. Thank you, Gina. In Matthew 12, 36, Have you ever had um, days that you wished had just never happened? <laughs> How many have ever gone through there? There's just days that you wished never took place. Matthew 12, 36. But I tell you, Or I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. That's heavy. But I tell you on the day of judgment, men will have to give account for every idle, inoperative, non-working word that they speak. For by your words you will be justified and acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned and sentenced. You say, well, this is a really good sermon after Thanksgiving. <laughs> we need it, church, in this hour, trust me. I did not choose this sermon. God did, trust me. So we're fully responsible for every word we speak. We control our tongue. This is number three. Number one, God warns us that we never that we God warns us that we never tame our tongue. You, we can't tame it, but God can. We have to yield it over to God. Amen. Number two, we are fully responsible for every word we speak. Number three, we control our tongue because it will always reveal true thoughts of our inner spirit. We control our tongue because it will always reveal the true thoughts of our inner spirit. In Matthew 12, 34, see this is heavy, it is heavy, it's very heavy. O oh, generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? 
but out of the abundance of your heart, or of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man, out of a good treasure of the heart, bringeth forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, bringeth forth evil things. But I will say unto you that every idle word that men will speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. So today would be a very good day to, when we end this service, and we will all do this, ask God to forgive us for every word that we have spoken that did not go along with his word and start afresh today. Amen? And to me, this is a very wonderful opportunity for each one of us. I don't have these numbered on my paper, so. Number four, wrong conclusions or attitudes. Now listen to this. Wrong conclusions or attitudes we allow in our spirit will be conveyed in our words facial expressions, and tonal patterns. I'll say this one again so you can write it down. Wrong conclusions or attitudes we allow in our spirit will be conveyed in our words, facial expressions, and tonal patterns. Matthew 12, 35. Oh, we just did that one. Is that the one I just gave you? Yeah. I am so sorry. So we are on number since I didn't. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Our tongue is a daily reminder and motivation to purify our hearts. Our tongue, this is a good one, <laughs> is a daily reminder and motivation to purify our hearts. In James 4, 8 says, and let's turn there. You know, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We have to become a single-minded person. Amen? But it says here in James 4, 8, I'm going to go up to seven. Be subject to God. <clears throat> Resist the devil. Stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and he will come close to you. Recognize that you are sinners. Get your soil hands clean. Realize that you have been disloyal, wavering individuals, with divided interest and purify your hearts of your spiritual adultery. As you draw near to God, be deeply penitent and grieved, even weep over your disloyalty. Let your laughter be turned to grief and your mirth and dejection and heartful shame for your sins. I'm going to read this out of the King James, but he, verse 6, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God, Resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. 
Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Cleanse your hands and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. So God is saying to be double-minded is a sin, and it opens the door up for the devil. Let's go to James chapter 1 while we're in this, in James. It says here, For the double-minded man in this, honey, help me. Because it's not in my notes. Eight. My brethren, count it all joy, verse two, when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the sand and tossed. For let not that man think that he will receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And then we see over here, in chapter 4 that he, he talks about being double-minded and he says to, to purify your hearts, you double-minded. So there's a purity of heart that needs to be, take place so we won't be double-minded in situations and circumstances. The next one, we must ask forgiveness for every offense of the tongue, but in so humble ourselves, we receive more grace, desire, and power to purify our hearts. James 4, 6, as we just read, God resists the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. We need to set our minds and renew them set our minds and renew them. Now, I've shared how when we were first married, and um, pastor wouldn't argue. He's, he's a wise man. He won't argue. And that really saved our marriage. If, if I started to argue, he would just pick up the keys and say, I'll be back later. And let me stew in whatever. Well, you learn a lot from that. A wise person will not get themselves involved in arguments or situations and circumstances that, that can come our way. But when we have been involved in these things, we need to clear it, get it out. Because I know one thing that this coming year that we're, we're entering into is going to be a year where God is going to pour out his glory in ways that we've never experienced before. And we, as this body, need to be prepared and ready to receive.
Hallelujah. And so these are some basic guides to taming the tongue. Number one, these ones I do have numbered. Number one, dedicate your heart and your tongue to the Lord daily. Daily. Romans 12, 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all of your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. So daily... Dedicate your body to God. A lot of people put on the armor of God and put all this on. Trust me, if you daily dedicate your body to God, you will already have that armor on you. Because you have dedicated your total being over to God. Number two, put our heart in tune with God's spirit by daily reading his word. Put your heart in tune with God's spirit by daily reading his word. Now I've shared with you what every night we have this little, I don't want to call it a ritual, <laughs> in our house where um, we go in the bedroom and we have the boys with us and we prepare them, get them ready for bed, and I take my, my iPad and I put it on, and we sit and listen to the word. I can, I can read it from where I am, and hear it and listen to the word. Now, this should not be your only daily reading, but we go through chapters as pastors um, combing the, the boys and dealing with them. But it's become a um, necessity in our house. And things, it, it helps you to not only read the word in the morning, but read the word right before you go to bed and hear the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So put our heart in tune with God's spirit by daily reading his word. And that's in Psalms 119, 9 and 13. You cannot grow if you are not hearing and reading the word. You can't. Matter of fact, you'll start sliding backwards because the word keeps us... Oh, it's the plumb line. How many have ever put up wallpaper? Trust me, it's a thrill. But it's the plumb line. It keeps you straight. And I found that what we play and what we read are, is exactly what we need for the next day. I don't know if you've noticed that. But it's exactly 
what we've needed for the next day. I don't know if you've been aware of that, but I certainly have after this week. So, um, Psalms 119, 9 and 13. And then after Pastor, um, I do mine, and then Pastor puts his earphones in his ears and he reads the word and um, reads it and listens to it. Psalms 119, 9 and 13. How shall a young man or woman cleanse his or her way by taking heed and keeping watch on himself according to your word, conforming his life to it? Verse 13. With my lips have I declared and recounted all of the ordinances of my mouth. So with my lips have I declared and recounted all the ordinances of your mouth. That's powerful. Number four. No. Number three, sorry. Assume responsibility for every word we speak. You assume responsibility. In Matthew 5, 21 and 22. Some of these we might read again, but don't concern yourself. It won't hurt you to hear it twice. Remember, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Get excited. So set us free. Amen. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whoever, whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council, but whoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. That's heavy. That's, who, say, who said this? Jesus spoke it. When we look at this, we'd say, so many times we think, oh, well, whatever. But Jesus spoke this. I'm going to read it out of the, the Amplified. You have heard that it, it was said that men of old, you shall not kill, and whoever kills shall be liable to and unable to escape the punishment imposed by the court. But I say to you that everyone who commits, continues to be angry with his brother or harbors malice, enmity of heart, against him shall be liable and unable to escape the punishment imposed by the court. And whoever speaks contemptuously and insultingly to his brothers shall be liable and unable to escape the punishment imposed by the Sanhedrin who said, you cursed fool, you empty-headed idiot, <laughs> shall be liable to and unable to escape the, the, the hell, the hana of fire. In other words, 
If you have to hang up the phone, hang it up. I'll be very honest, I had a call that the other day that wasn't pleasant and pastor came in, in in the middle of it and I went to hand him the phone and he looked at me and said, hang the phone up. Just hang it up. Because I was really keeping myself together. Sometimes you have to because you might end up saying something that you will be, I mean, that you will be sorry of. Those of you that are at work, sometimes people become offensive at work. The best way I've found to deal with things is to pray in the Holy Ghost. Number four, discover from those around us what offensive words we use. Discover from those around us what offensive words we use. Proverbs 17.10. Take notes. Share the sermon. A reproof entereth more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. A reproof entereth deep into a man of understanding than a hundred lashes of a self-confident fool. You know, some people, I know there's been times when we've had conversations with one another, I'm talking about Pastor and I, that will say, you, you might not like what I'm going to say, but I'm saying this in love to you. Believe it or not, it's more him than me in this area. And you need to take it to heart. If someone loves you enough to say something, take it to heart. Go and ask, go and ask the Lord, is this true? Discover from those around us what offensive words we use. Number five. You say, well, I don't have anybody around me but my pets. Ask somebody you trust. Commit ourselves to the purpose of giving a good report and follow Matthew 18 when it is necessary. So Matthew 18, 15 through 17. Now notice this, if a brother wrongs you, what is a brother? It's not your, well it can be your sibling brother, but a brother is another person in the Lord. Okay, you understand that? You know how people will just say to anybody, hey brother, they're not a Christian, they're not your brother. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to love them, the love of Jesus, but a lot of, they're not your brother. 
So let's look at this. Verse 18:15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, then thou hast gained thy brother. But if he is, but if he will not hear you, then take with, take with, three, take with you one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he sh if he shall neglect to hear, then tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church. Let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican who said this. Jesus. See, these are harsh words. You know, Paul did this. Paul had to be very blunt and deal with things bluntly. And the sad thing is in the church today, it's not done correctly and so that's why we see so many things taking place in the church world. Now, I was born again in a denomination that was board ruled. And I've shared with you before that there was a group on the board and they were in a pornography ring. And they decided that because the pastor was teaching on holiness, that they wanted to get rid of him. And so they proceeded to do so. That was very disturbing to me when this, ha when this took place, very disturbing. And so our pastor was uh, removed. He moved to Oregon. And pastor and I went up to visit them because it was really, it hurt me. I, if I could have back, if that, if there would have been a point in my life that I would have backslidden, that would have been it. Because number one, I couldn't imagine Christians in pornography. Back then, that was a real rarity. Number two, how they were able to get, get rid of him. And so we took the trip up to Oregon to talk to them. And this is what our pastor said, because there were many, many new believers that did not want our pastor removed from us. And this is what he said, I did it the wrong way. He said, I blew it. He said, I let this group of people make me believe that if I stayed, it would cause division and that all the new converts would have been destroyed by this because they were prepared to get up there and say whatever. He said, I should have taken Matthew 18 and done it this way. And I thank God for this man because, you know, when you're born again under someone, there is such a great love for that person that you have for that person. And when you see them destroyed and hurt like that, it can destroy you. I mean, I could have really allowed that in my very early walk with the Lord to become an offense that it talks about a brother offended. 
is harder to win over to the city or in, in, in Hebrews chapter 12 it talks about a root of bitterness entering will defile many and thank God at that point we took the ride up there and I was able to then deal with it and let it go just let it go and later years later I ended up counseling a lot of these people and so because of that that I was able to deal with it I was able to freely counsel the people and and see them set free some of them not all of them but some of them so number six so this number five is commit ourselves to the purpose of giving a good report and following Matthew 18 when it is necessary number six fulfill past promises and carefully consider any new promises Matthew 5 33 through 37 and the Bible says to swear to your own hurt and that um, we had different invitations over Thanksgiving and I said, Lord, how do we deal with this? And he said, go back to the first person that invited you to dinner and you go there. Just because to be honest, I couldn't remember. And, and, and I, I would have, we would have wanted to go any place, but I honestly could not remember because there was so much that was going on in our lives in the last two months. So Matthew 5, and we had a very good time. Thank you, Laurel. Matthew 5, 33 through 37. And again, you have learned that it, sh it, that it had been said by then of them of old time, thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, neither by earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of great king. Neither shall thou swear by thy head, because thou, curse, thou canst not make one hair white or black. <laughs> I guess they didn't have it hair tie back <laughs> but let your communication be yea yea nay nay for whatsoever is more than these com cometh of evil you have heard that, ha that it has been said an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth but I say to you that you resist not evil but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek Turn to him the other also. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified, okay? Again, in verse 33, Again you have heard that it was said to man of old, You shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform your oaths to the Lord as a religious duty. But I tell you, do not bind yourself by an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool. 
of his feet or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of, of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you are not able to make a single hair white or black. <laughs> let, let your yes be simply yes and your no be simply no. Anything more than that comes from the evil one. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the evil man who injures you. But if anyone strikes you on the right jaw or cheek, turn him the other one too. Okay. Um, I have all different colors in my hair, as we can all tell. A lot has happened in, since these days. Okay, a lot of people could make a doctrine out of this that we shouldn't dye our hair. You, I mean, really, I'm sure you can make a doctrine out of this, okay? But what he's saying is, tell the truth. Don't fulfill past promises and carefully consider any new promises. If you make a promise, then you need to stand by it, no matter what. And don't pull on, pull the old thing, well, I'm getting old and I forgot. Number seven, ask forgiveness for any unloving words or attitude. When do you do that? The best time is immediately. Don't let the sun go down on it. Or, you know, if you don't ask, if you don't ask forgiveness immediately, if you have a hardened heart or if, if you're not sensitive, to the spirit, you, you'll just, it'll just slip by and they'll pile up. And so in Matthew 5, 23 and 24, Matthew 5 has got a lot of stuff in it. Have you noticed? Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way first be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift wow i'm going to read it out of the amplified so if when you are offering your gift to the to at the altar you there remember that your brother has any grievance against you leave your gift at the altar and go. First make peace with your brother and then come back and present your gift. Come to terms quickly with, with your accuser while they're on their way traveling with, with him. So immediately, too many people are leaving their gifts at the altar and not going back and getting, making it right with the brother. And they cannot understand what's going on in their lives and what's happening. This is powerful church. We're living in a whole world where this stuff is going on. And personally, I personally believe that's why our country is such a mess because the body of Christ is not operating the way, they, the, way the word says we should. You can blame the sinners, you can blame the president, you can blame whoever, but first we need to look inside ourselves. Because I'm going to tell you who God's watching. Us. Us. 
because a sinner is going to sin. A Muslim is going to kill. You know, they don't like us. They don't like the Jews. But we need to be upright as Christ was and has told us to be. One thing that, gosh, the Lord really spoke to me the other day. One thing he absolutely hates. Thank God I've never done it. Is when people would put OMG. That he hates that. If any of you are doing that, stop. We don't put his name in abbreviation. I know that he's been dealing with me on some things that... But don't put his name in abbreviation. God is God. Number eight. Learn how to give words that will encourage, comfort, and inspire, and edify. Learn how. You know this is a learned... It's something that's learned. It's not something that comes easily to everybody. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Hope you're getting something out of this. Say, I don't know, I don't like this sermon. Well, you know what? It's right here in front of us, and we can't deny it. I always got Sometimes I want to ask God, why do I get this and why does he get all the nice ones? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I guess because I'm supposed to read it over and over and over again. Why don't we go there? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to 22. Let us all come forward and draw near with true, honest, and sincere hearts an unqualified assurance, an absolute conviction engendered by faith, by that leaning on the entire human personality on God and absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness, having our hearts sprinkled and purified from, an evil, from a guilty evil conscience and our bodies cleaned or cleansed with pure water. 23, so let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess in our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is, is reliable, sure and, and sure and faithful to his word. He who promised is reliable, sure and faithful to his word. So if Jesus is reliable, faithful and sure to his word, then we as his disciples should be also. Am I correct? Yeah. And let us consider and give attention, continuous care to watching over one another, studying how we may stir up, stimulate, and incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities, not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. 
For if we go on deliberately and willingly sinning after once acquiring the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice left to atone for our sins, no further offering to which to look forward. That's heavy. I didn't say it. The Lord said it. Well, people could pick this apart and say, well, no, no man said this. Every word of God is what? Is what? Inspired by God. We can't just pick out the parts we like and throw out the, the holiness teaching. I hate to say this. I am a word of faith person, but they have picked out had a tendency to pick out the good parts and forgotten the holiness part. That's why so many of them have gotten fallen into this hyper grace movement that's going on right now. Because they forgot to, to Brother Hagen was, was so balanced that he, before, he, before he died, he warned a group of of Word of Faith preachers, I'm going to tell you right now, you need to get balanced immediately. And some of them got mad at him. We have to be balanced because he saw into this time and in this hour. Many times I was in, in meetings where he saw into the future. He saw into the days that we're living right now. And what a privilege to sit under, to sit under his teaching. So the sad thing is, you have to teach the whole counsel of God, and that's one thing that Brother Hagen taught us. Teach the whole counsel of God, and you will not become unstable when the, when the last days come upon you. You'll be ready and prepared to make it to the end. I don't want any of us not making it to the end. Amen. So that was the Hebrews one. Learn how to give words that will encourage, comfort, inspire, and edify. Number nine, that was number eight. Number nine, listen to our words through the ears of others before we speak them. Psalms 19:14. Well, this is a hard sermon. No, really, you know what? This should be an easy sermon for us. Amen. The more we walk in this, the easier it'll become. <laughs> Psalms 19:14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my firm, impenetrable rock and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. When you're doing number one, dedicate your heart and tongue to the Lord daily, I would add this scripture to it. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my firm and pinnable rock and my redeemer. 
And I will tell you, if you will meditate on this scripture and you will learn this scripture, it will be very, very hard for a word that is not from God to come out of your, our mouths. I'm speaking to myself here also, probably. When, when you get up here and teach, you're speaking more to you than you are to them, you know? Those of you that teach in the children's church. Number 10, discern the spirit of our hearts, hearers, before, during, and after we speak. Discern the spirit of our hearers before, during, and after we speak. Psalms 55, 21. This is where, to me personally, prayer comes in. I'm going to talk to you that in here that are managers and have people under you. You own your own businesses. It's dry up here. <laughs> okay, Psalms 55:21. The words of his mouth were smoother than cream or butter, but the war in his heart, his words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Wow. The words of his mouth were smooth, smoother than butter. But the war in his heart, his words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. Hmm. Go and meditate on that. Amen. Number 11. Distinguish between discernment and judgment. Discernment and judgment James 4:11 I've heard people say they have the gift of discerning discerning of, discerning of spirits I want to say no you have the gift of judgment Oh boy, we can all get up and jump for joy today. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. My brethren in the Amplified, do not speak evil about or accuse one another. He that maligns a brother or judges his brother is maligning and criticizing the law and judges, judging the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a practicer of the law, but a censor and judge of it. One only is the lawgiver and judge who is able to save and to destroy. The one who has the absolute power of life and death. But you, who are you that you presume to pass judgment on your neighbor? 
All those of you on the tape, this is for you. <laughs> hmm. Number 12, distinguish between reproving and reviling. 1 Timothy 6.4. Many times people ask me something and I'll say, I'll get back to you on that. Because I want to make sure exactly what I say comes straight from the Lord. And that I have had an opportunity to pray and seek God, be in His presence. And have him give me the scripture. Because if it's not in the word, I'm not moving. You can't, I'm not going to be budged. Verse Timothy 6, 4. He is proud, knowing nothing but doting about questions and strife of words. Wherefore cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of truth, supporting that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Hallelujah. I'm going to go ahead and read it out of the Amplified. He is puffed up with pride and stupefied with conceit. Although he is woefully ignorant, he has a morbid fondness for controversy and disputes and strife about words which result in produce evil and jealousy, quarrels and dissensions, abuse and insults and slander and base suspicions and protracted wrangling and wearing discussions and perpetual friction among men who are corrupt in mind and and bereft of the truth who imagine that godliness or righteousness is a source of profit, a money-making business, a means of livelihood from such withdraw. And it is indeed a source of immense profit for godliness accompanied with contentment, that contentment which is a sense of inward sufficiency is of great gain. You know, there is a spirit that comes on people and all they want to do is argue and argue and argue and argue and they can't get off of it over and over and over and over and you just want to say shut up forgive me but it's a spirit it needs to be bound it needs to be dealt with trust me pray because this is, this is, it's getting out of hand in this hour. You know, when people just want to go over and over and over the same thing. You just want to throw a, I don't know, probably none of you ever did this, but how kids used to, <laughs> I never did it that I remember, 
take a stick and put it in someone's bike just to watch them fly off the handlebars? Well, sometimes you just kind of feel like you want to do that to people that just can't get over something. Because who are they destroying? Not just the person, but themselves. You know, this is where the root of bitterness comes in and defiles many. And someone has got to stand up that loves the person and say, listen, brother or sister or whatever, I'm going to share with you something. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't care to hear this anymore. Because too many times we just don't want to get involved in it. If you're having to listen to it, you're already involved in it. And if you sit there and, and allow yourself to be a part of it and listen to it over and over and over again, do you know what that's doing to your spirit? That is literally eating away at it. It's eating away at it. And so we need to be very careful to distinguish between reproving and reviling. Someone that is over and over. And usually they've picked up that spirit what I've seen in this, it is a, a family curse, and they've picked it up many times from, from someone that's died, and it's been passed on to them. It needs to be dealt with. 13. Proverbs 27, 6. Urge our friends to tell us when we offend with our words. Oh, that's a good one. How many are willing to do that? None? Nobody likes to hear it. They back up. They back off. Proverbs 27, 6. Well, you're getting out right on time today. That's why, that's why people end up getting divorced. You know, I could never figure out, how could you stay married all those years, and then, as soon as the kids leave the house, you get a divorce? I mean, all those years you put into, into something, and then you wait till the kids leave, and then you get a divorce. It's sad. Proverbs 26. Divorce is sad. I will tell you right now. Anybody that's been through one knows. It's sad. Kids suffer. There's something about me when kids suffer. Um, I don't like it. The full soul, the full soul. Wait, what did I say? 27.6. Okay. Sorry. Faithfully are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Faithfully are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. If a friend loves you, they're going to be honest with you. They're going to be very honest with you. 
Don't all of you come rushing up here to tell me what's wrong with me today. <laughs> but true, this is where the distinguish between reproving and reviling comes in. All these things are so important in our Christian lives. If you, if you are leaders at work, take these scriptures and I think I went slow enough today. Did everybody get all of them? How many did not get all of them? Anybody? Okay, I'll go over them real quick. Those of you, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Since I said we would all pray and ask God to forgive us, so zip, there's a clean slate. Okay, 1 John 1, 9. And then I will go over these. How's that sound? Is that okay with everybody? All right. Pray this after me if you mean it. If you don't mean it, don't pray it. Okay? I just, you know, I've had to stop people before and say, you don't mean what you're saying. So let's, why are we bothering here? Heavenly Father, we come boldly before you, throne of grace, in the name of Jesus. We see today that our tongue has not been fruitful in some areas in our lives. And we see where your word says that these words will be held against us. So this morning, I am asking you to forgive me and cleanse me from any words that I have spoken where I've been disobedient to your word. If there is anyone that I need to go to and ask forgiveness, I will do it, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to walk out of this church this morning free from all words that I have spoken. And I have a new beginning this day. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm going to pray over those that need to go, and then I will go over these. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just pray over each one in this body. I pray for those that are out of town. I ask you, Father God, to bless them super abundantly this week above all that they could dare ask or think. God, I put you in remembrance of their tithes and their offerings, which are working for them right now, this moment. Some people have been, had been held back because of words. Now they're free. And so I command the enemy off their finances, off their blessings now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father God, that this week you will open new doors, new things that have been out there, but they've never seen it before. When they open the word, God, there'll be such revelation knowledge in your word to them. So God, I'm asking for healing, wholeness, soundness of mind, that you've not given any of us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And your word says, Jesus, that your peace you live with us, not the peace that the world gives, but your peace. 
And so we stand on that and we accept it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So those of you that don't need this,